From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Two, here we are. How'd that happen? It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Diego, hanging out with you live and in person here at the ABC Broadcasting Empire. Uh, Bill Braden. George is out in the woods. I haven't got any texts this morning, so I'm getting kind of worried. Usually by now. He might be working him. You know, uh, sun's coming up. i got cakes on the griddle. Come on, man. I mean, uh, I think you should have him done by now. This is one, apparently, that has been... Uh, the bane of his existence for quite a while. So Bill George is going out there to put an end to this little dispute and get it over he with. Try, he's tried to be nice and send other people apparently to exactly. uh, get a crack at him. And, you know, the bird's not uh, participating in uh, playing along. So Bill George is going to go out there and sing him a to, new little tune. To quote one thing. of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies, you called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. Yeah, and I'm, something's coming with me. Yeah, as Kurt Russell said. Yeah. With one going. of the greatest mustaches ever. <laughs> I always wondered if he actually grew that he mustache. Did. Or, he did? He did. That was 100% Russell right there, buddy. Look how long that took him. That would take me, like, the rest of my life Dude, to grow it's something Kurt Russell. Like that. The guy wakes up with, like, you know, a full-on beard every morning. <laughs> I guess. Shave off. He's like, Tom, he's like Tom Selleck. I mean, come on. <laughs> Shaves and then turns around and has to shave it again. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, before the break, we were uh, talking a little bit about this uh, law, uh, this bill that uh, Democrats out of New Jersey are trying to pass through the House and Senate. Mm. Uh, another one of those things that you probably won't hear on your local news at all. It's called the HEAR Act. Uh, HEAR standing for... Uh, Help Empower Americans to Respond Act. And, of course, it's going after suppressors. And we talked about it last hour that if you own a suppressor, if you went through and paid your $200 and got your tax stamp or you paid an attorney to set up a trust or a corporation or all that other stuff with the money out of your own pocket, and don't forget that you have to pay that tax on every single suppressor that you own, so if you have one for uh, thirty caliber, it's not a to blanket deal. No, if you have one for your pistol or a twenty-two, or maybe you have one that's convertible, so that you can use it on your nine and forty-five or forties. You know, you just change the ends and blah 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 blah. The the thing is, is that each time you buy one of those, as people who own them know that that you you've got to pay, and you pay a tax on each and every one of them. Yeah. So simple, stupid math. You know. Uh, if you buy five of them, uh, you've given the government a thousand bucks just to say thank you for letting me have something that uh, some I criminal have a constitutional could, right to have already. That some criminal could go and possibly make by watching a YouTube video. Not possibly. Yeah. So uh, anyway, on this new uh, bill that they're proposing, it says that uh, 
we I wanted to go back over the quotes again from the from the brilliant minds that are bringing this thing to light. Silencers are dangerous devices with one purpose and one purpose only to muffle sound of gunfire from unsuspecting victims. That was what Mr. Mendez said. And then he goes on to say that silencers are first and foremost. Well, I thought number one, they were for that. But now silencers are first and foremost a tool for criminals who want to shoot in secrecy and catch their victims unaware. Um, the deadly accessories have no place in American society. I am grateful to Senator Menendez for introducing this legislation to prohibit them for good. Again, remember, there is no uh, federal. Uh, it says there, um, the HERE Act would install it to be unlawful for suppressors without the provision of a grandfather for those already in circulation. Using federal grant funds, it would pay for a reimbursement program for suppressor owners who were deprived of their property due to the measure and allow a 90-day grace period to dispose of the registered device. No. Violators would be subject to 10 years in prison if you did not uh, get in line. If you don't get in line, you yeah, exactly. get 10 years. Well, contrary to uh, Mr. Feinblatt and Mr. Menendez's somewhat uh, sophisticated statements, suppressor industry groups are quick to point out that even with very good rimfire sound modulators, they only muffle the report to about 115 decibels, which is falls between a jackhammer and an ambulance siren by comparison. Yes. Further, a 2017... The second highest ranking official at the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms said that suppressors are very rarely used in criminal shootings and recommended uh, they be removed from NFA regulation, as Jonathan would like to see. Now, this is the guy who was running the ATF saying we shouldn't even have registration of these things. Oh, yeah, things. but he worked for a, even... No, 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 but you got to stop there. He worked for a program person, so you can't, you know, you can't take anything. He he has no validity. Okay. Well, in the most recent figures available as of April 2020, how many suppressors do you think are floating around in the ether of the United States of America? Legal ones. Registered ones. Legally owned. Legally tracked. Legally known by the ATF and the federal government. So how many do you think are out there? Like total United States? Yeah, they're everywhere. Total United States of America. Mm, How many? Half a million. Half a million. If if you think there's a half a million suppressors out there. And I'm highballing it, probably. If you think there's a half a million suppressors out there, don't you think that, uh, let's just be infinitesimal, Say zero zero point one percent of them would be used in a crime somewhere, somehow, some way. Hmm. Well, you'd think that number would increase exponentially, knowing that there's over two million suppressors registered with the firearms and with ATF in the hands of private individuals in the United States of America. Two million forty two thousand seven hundred and nineteen was the last figure that was released. So over 2 million suppressors hmm. in the United States. It. And those are on file with the federal uh, regulators. 
And they're on file due to the regulation requirements on the devices that was put into it. And that's the biggest thing. You work in it every day, and that's the biggest thing that I know from people. I don't have one yet just because I haven't took the time to jump through all the freaking hoops to get one. (laughs) It is. Now, you know what? It's funny you used to say that because here in the article, this is what's the great part. This is, I want one. This is Keep this under your hat, and you can use this for trivia later on. The first firearm suppressor was marketed in the U.S., developed by Hiram Piercy Maxim. Now, the gun lovers, they would know who that guy is, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, when do you think that the first suppressor was actually put out there on the market and uh, for, the, for the masses? Hmm. I would say late 80s, early 90s. 1909. <laughs> 1909. I'm it today. 1909, Mr. Maxim, the guy who gave us the Maxim machine gun, was uh, patented in 1909 to curb noise pollution and sold via mail order for more than two decades. Yeah. Similarly, Maxim- but it's just like the con- the that that's just like the meme that I saw on Facebook the other day, and I've shared it on mine a million times. I remember when you could buy a gun from a catalog and they shipped it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, I'm at the age I was on the tail end of that. So. Well, you know what? And you got to thank uh, Mr. Maxim for quite a lot more because when he developed the suppressor for firearms. He also put out patents for other things that we use every single day. Mm-hmm. Mufflers for automobiles. Yep. Air hoists, riveters, all for the same exact reason. To reduce noise pollution and to protect people's hearing. That's why he did it. By the way, in recent years, advocates for the increasingly popular devices, only about 250,000 suppressors were in circulation a decade ago. So that tells you it's been quite a jump. Hmm. And that we're up over two million. Yeah, and there should be more. Yeah. That number should be around 120 million. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break. It is the big and wild outdoor. Just think how much money the feds would make for that. Yeah, that'd be a lot of money. More money they'd waste. Taking a break, you guys. It's brought to you by Brandon Ford. We're the big and wild outdoors. We'll be here right back. Let's go. Beautiful. I'm fired up now. Beautiful, sticky Saturday morning. So breezy. I'm looking at the AccuWeather window. Uh, doesn't look too bad out there. A little overcast out there. It looks like it might get a little uh, precipitation. A little sporty. A little precipitation out there on the roads and uh, out in the woods. Bill George is out trying to get himself a turkey this morning. If you haven't got yours done yet, uh, you got until the 25th, so nice. you've still got a little bit of time left. 
to get out there if you're north of State Road 70. Of course, uh, if you were south, that was done on the 11th, so you're pretty much over it yep. down there. But daily bag limit, everybody knows, two turkeys. That's all you can do. So we're going to see what uh, Bill George brings out today. I haven't got a text or anything from him this morning, which has me concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little worried that uh, either A, that usually tells me that he's got a bird out there that's messing, and he's either uh, doing the big ninja or he's trying to uh, lure him into the trap. Well, or you could be doing, like you said, it could be the, okay, you you won this round. We're going to go back to turkey camp a la Shangri-La and have some pancakes and bacon and come back out here at about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock when you're done with your whatever and blow your face off. Maybe later this afternoon. <laughs> Maybe not right now, but sometime it's, sometime it's going to be coming your way. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see how he does. I know that uh, I've had some reports, and people are saying that it's it's a little tough this year. I don't I don't know why. I know that during I have not heard a bird gobble all year. Down south, all you heard was good things. Everybody was talking about how the birds were talking, and they're seeing them everywhere, and. They're all over the place, and then uh, you have uh, you get above seventy, and all of a sudden it's like the uh, the shut up begins. Uh, I know a lot of people that have been out there, Jeremy included, uh, out of G five as well as Jonathan. I mean, um, and uh, Bill George and everybody, uh, Carlos when he went, they were like, man, these guys, you know, they gobble for a bit, and then they I move. Liter- uh, I've literally, I can tell you, literally, I've heard zero gobbles this year. Zero. That's crazy. And that's at the ranch, at the wo- at the woods. Normally, I can walk outside, and I do this, and my family, my wife and my daughters can back this up 100%. Usually, you can walk on the carport, and I do at the crack of daylight every morning. I'm surrounded by woods. Excuse me. I'm surrounded by woods, and I hear songbirds. I hear, you know, every. I mean, I haven't even heard hens. Usually, I've heard hens in the past doing tree calls and yelping, and I haven't heard that. It's very strange. Got pictures of them. Well, there. The other thing is, is uh, like the same situation. Uh, Bill George went through it. Jeremy went through it. Get out there early, you know. You hear them fly down, and you're like, "Okay, and now it gets ready." Game Here we on. Go. Here we go. Uh, move in, get in there, find a spot, sit down, uh, start doing some calling, and bam! I mean, dude, he's like uh, forty yards through the woods over there. He's like right there. He's right there. So you kind of wait a little bit and uh, do a little bit more calling, and bam, he's right there. He's in the same spot, and you're like, "Oh, awesome! Okay." He doesn't sound yeah. like he's moving, so yeah. we're all then good. Then again, you could be like Tony Young was and sent me the video of seven of them having a battle royale, gobbling and doing all kinds of crazy stuff all over the decoys and everything else. I, you, know, a poor, you know, for a, for a young turkey uh, hunter, uh, Jeremy being uh, the example that I'm using, it's very disheartening because – 
Next thing you know, you had him right here, 40 yards away from you. It sounded like he was right there. Yes. I mean, right next door to you. And then the third time you call, nothing. Mm-hmm. Except now, behind you, yeah. on the other side, over on the others behind you, about maybe 40, 50 yards away, two of them answer you back. Yeah. But yet this one here, he's now gone. Mm-hmm. And then the two that you're back there, when you do any more calling, they call and they answer back. Now they're heading away from you. Yeah. And uh, it's like so frustrating. You're like, man, why Why wouldn't they come? Why wouldn't you do that? Why? And you're, the answers are. Turkey hunting. It's just, there's millions. It could be the, your first bird, uh, you know, Welcome came in. Welcome to the frustration. Came in and. Uh, Got close enough to where he could see you, but you couldn't see him. And the guy who was doing the calling for you, you know, decided to scratch his nose, shift his feet around, uh, maybe turn a little bit. And that turkey looked there and went, uh, oh, I, I got gotcha. you. I got you, man. <laughs> I got, I'm going to go this way. Yeah. And uh, he walks around to the other side. Then he hooks up and says, oh, there's my brother. Hey, Jonathan, what's up, man? Yeah. What are y'all doing? Hey, how you doing? I don't know. You heading to the field? Beep, 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 blah. You know what? I'm going to blah, 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 too. So, and then uh, let's go this way because there's a dude over there. Trust me, you don't want to go that way. Hey, I've already busted that jackass yeah. over there, so we're, we'll go this way. Uh, but it's like you said, I had a guy. <laughs> we were at church the other day. You can't give a and, great and, answer. And, and it's like you said, I had a buddy that he was calling for some people and just hard hammering turkey and – He's like, okay. He goes, dude. He said we had him perfect, so we were on this logging road. He was gobbling every. He goes, I've ne-. he his hearing wasn't that good. That he told me. He goes, he said I've never heard one drum. Well, this bird, he said I could hear him drum and literally hear his wingtips dragging, like you said, dragging the leaves. I mean, yeah, just spit drum dead in in a experienced turkey hunter's head. This is a dead turkey. Because you could whistle at him and he's got, I mean. He's right there. He's coming. There's n- no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Well, the guy I'm talking about, he's like, okay, he's gobbling. He hears him coming. Well, he shifts. The turkey comes from a different direction. Well, okay, no problem. The guy's sitting there. He backs off and does the old primos, Will Primos, where here's your hunter here you are as a caller. Well, what Behind are you, him. What are, you, what are you doing? You're shifting back and forth to where you're going to pull the bird directly over top of the caller. That's right. And Move him in towards your shooter. He's packing up calling. Bird's answer. Bird's coming in on a string. And he said, I'm sitting there. And he goes, I could see him with the shotgun pointed at the direction we thought you were thinking he's coming. And he goes, next thing I know, I look to his right and I see this red periscope go. <laughs> Gotcha. There, there's his head. And he's like, the guy is not looking in that direction. He nope. goes, doesn't move, doesn't do anything, doesn't spook the turkey. He goes, head comes up. Turkey, well, head goes down. He goes, literally, it was like a cartoon. Because every time the head would go down, the guy would look in that direction. And, <laughs> and and my buddy's sitting there going, he's like, he goes, I'm sitting there and I'm waiting to hear, boom, you know, and he's like, shoot him. He doesn't shoot see him. him. He doesn't see him. Shoot him. <laughs> He doesn't see him. Turkey walks off and, you know. Turkey, I get, hey, look, man, I gave you 10 chances. All right, Dan, if you don't want to take him, fine. I'm going to go uh, ahead and move on. Uh, did you get it? No. What did happened? Did you get it? No, that was, did you get so You got one? He down. Dude, let me see. He did. Who's that with him? 
I don't know who that guy is. What is that? What is that guy with him? Ego. Dude, that's a nice bird. Hey, congratulations. You mess with a bull, you get the horns. I don't know uh, what time he got him, but uh, he's got him a little spread out, eagle-looking good bird. Where's yeah. it? Yep, yep, Dude, yep. that's nice. Wait, I didn't get one. Maybe it's because I was talking and he knew that it was going to come up or anything. He didn't worry. give any details on it? Nothing? Not yet. Ah, he'll call in a little while. At least he better or he'll be in big trouble. He'll be in big, big trouble. Well, now he owes me. He asked for the day off. He went to go in the woods. He shoots a big old turkey. You're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of shooting turkeys, did I hear you say that you were up in Bluntstown twice this past week with hunts? Were you up there twice? Uh, or were you just up there messing and well, getting stuff ready? No, it was uh, every time I go up there, it's always work. There's something, something to do. But one was a hunt. The other was a some more of dealing with our illustrious government and wanting to probably head slap some people before it's all said done. But that's I can tell you about it after the break. You know what? I gotta I gotta mention something. My aunt out in California, she sent me a video of a guy with a, a fecon head going, like, oh. trimming everything up. Oh, yeah. And uh, she's like, this machine is amazing. She didn't know what it was. I was like, I know what that is. That's that fecon thing. I'm fixing to rent one, and I'm going to need it for some stress relief. I've never seen one in action before. That is an evil machine. Yes. I want to play with it. Yes. <laughs> All right, we're taking a break. We got to catch up. I'm getting blown up now with tech. So, Bill George obviously wants to talk to somebody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. All this talk of fecons and how they can eat up, grind up everything, made me hungry. I had to finish off the uh, ham and cheese uh, egg. Your hydraulics aren't running as fast as the. <laughs> they don't work quite as quick as your fecon things. Uh, it's kind of like the suppressors. It's one of those things that, you know, it's just, <laughs> I want one. I want one, too. Uh, Bill George sent me a text during the uh, break. Did you get that one, too? Uh, uh, yes. Said, uh, said he was after another one. Yeah, after another one. Shot it from under my son. Yeah, so apparently, you know, Bill George is one of those guys who, uh, so you know, in, a, in other words, he just basically threw away his uh, leverage card on you with the whole. Uh, oh, shot the hog out from underneath my no. daughter. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah, that card's gone. That's back in the deck. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's one of those things where Bill has been waiting and, uh, kind of like what you just said, you have two different people calling or you have one person calling, one person shooting. If the shooter doesn't see the bird, do you let it walk or do you shoot the bird? Well, in the case of Bill George, um, he's sitting there, you know, telepathically or speaking or whatever going, shoot the bird, shoot, 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 shoot. Shoot, there he is, right? Shoot. 
Do you not see him? Come on, man. What's wrong? Shoot, man. Shoot. Too late. Bang. I, I shot made, it. Never mind. I made that mista- I've made that mistake twice in my life, and the only thing now that saves the turkey's life is those two daughters of mine sitting there, and that that's a maybe. You know, what always got me about, let's say, turkey hunting videos is every time I've ever been out with a guide, and I'm talking exceptional guides who went out there and did their thing that are no different or even in the same world class as guys that you see on television. Yes. Uh, whenever there was a bird present and a bird within the range that he knew uh, was uh, within the specs of being able to be shot and killed they don't do what you see they do on tv i have never had a guy that goes there's your bird right there take the shot take the shot take the shot i don't know what it is about turkeys they don't care about the human voice they're not there to hear the human voice they don't they don't give a crud what your human voice has to say because the one time, I uh, for God's sakes, you've seen these guys now that they're getting into. And John, if John Brunson was here, he'd say the same thing. They're doing fanning and stuff like that that we were all doing ten years ago. Because yeah, on private land, I when mean, he when them jokers are all jacked up, they don't. They got one thing, they, two things on their mind. Yeah, exactly. But kicking, we're in. either there's either going to be a fight. Or there's going to be some romance in one right. of the two. That's it. Hey, we don't care which one comes first. I'm coming for both. <laughs> so uh, the thing is, is uh, I remember specifically Joey. I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, trying to decide which bird to shoot. And he's like, there was no, shoot that first one that's coming out. Shoot the first shoot! one. Shoot! Yeah, he was like, <laughs> there he is. There he is. Shoot him. Shoot him in the head. Shoot him. Boom. And I'm, you know what? Those birds never even and looked the tur- over. Well, the turkey would probably look at you like, what are you doing here? Yeah, those <laughs> birds didn't even look over like, hey, are you talking about us? And then uh, up in Brooksville with David, same thing. Sitting there, and he's going, my gun barrel was literally over the top of his head. He's laying on the bottom of a hill. I'm on top of a little mound, uh, and I'd swung around, and he's got his fingers in his ears, you know, to – because the gun barrel is like literally yeah. over his body. Let him eat. And he's going, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. I mean, Me. about that loud. And this bird's only about maybe one, 20 yards away. One of the best. Bird looked over like, what are you doing? Bang. One of that the it. best days of turkey hunting. And I never, never fired a shot. And God love her. I got to ride home with her yesterday was my grandmother was with me and we literally in one day one day which bill george if he was here he'd harass the crap out of me about it but whatever in one day we had 12 different gobblers that we had an encounter with from and i am and and i'm sitting there with the gun leaned up or in the golf cart or leaned up against a tree and i'm just like it's just the, one of those days where you're just like i'm happy to be here I'm a little frustrated because, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking I'm out, I'm I'm out helping my grandmother kill a turkey, and late, of course later after the fact she's like, "Why didn't you ever shoot?" I'm like, "Mima, it, it was this is your day. It was just it was fun for me to be here with you, but like literally, I mean, and it would drive you nuts because it's like you said, you're sitting there, you're set up the call, and you're doing all these things, being silent and still and there. And and it was like 
every time it was walking back to the buggy or I walk out to get the decoy or something like that and I look up, there's the bird standing there just like, yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah, you know? I saw some girl over like, here. I thought I'd come over and say hi. And I'm like, Meemaw, shoot, shoot. <laughs> now, like you said, it's like I'm just we're talking like we're talking now. I'm like, Meemaw, shoot, 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 him. shoot. You know, shoot him. You know, nothing happened, but and they get away. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not like deer hunting or hogs or anything else like that. I, they just uh, they get focused and they don't care. They really don't. I just thought it was interesting that. And um, how many how many and, of those videos you, have you seen lately where they take the the strutting decoys and stuff like that, like Philip Culpepper and all them did, where he shot the one with the judge, the 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 turkey's actually attacking the person. Yes. You know, because yeah. that's what kills me about them is they're like, uh, I've had people ask me that question. They're like, they can't be that aggressive. I'm like, you don't understand. You ever been attacked by chickens? I mean, go, get out in the barnyard sometime when them roosters are feeling I'd, frosty. Uh, they'll get your butt pinned over in the back of a stall real quick. <laughs> I will teach you who uh, the that, boss is around here. And that's, yeah. And uh, we're talking a small little, uh, you know, four oh, pound, really? uh, four or five <laughs> pound pullet. You can imagine an 18, 20 pounder up there jumping around with an inch and a half, inch uh, and a quarter spurs. I can't spurs. say it. There was a Rhode Island Red one time that found out that I could swing a shovel pretty hard. So, Well, I've had to waste, wade through a few of them, do some, uh, do some kicking and some things. He was uh, chicken and dumplings that night, though. So yeah. It worked out good. And, and, you know, people don't understand that. I mean, that video that you watch of the, the Primos guy that uses the fan and shoots it with the judge, if you watch that video and you watch where he shoots that bird, I mean, that bird was Steps. literally in, on the last stutter step. Before he's be- going into Chuck Norris. Bro. Yeah, before he was getting ready to leap airborne and put those spurs out on that on that fan. <laughs> and I use Chuck Norris mode because, like what you're saying, you're fixing to get knives pulled on. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I mean, he was like, boop, 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 and he was like, here we go, bang. Uh Oh, well, he took the the one stutter step before the before the hurdle and the and, and Philip will tell you he knew that that's why the bird got shot. If he had missed, I mean, if he'd have pulled it or whatever, that bird would have been all I, over him. Like you know what, Michael Michael Waddell, I laughed. I told him I watched one of his shows one time where he had a turkey and he emptied the gun, the shotgun. He was using a shotgun, and he had a full strut decoy set up at his like me and you were sitting here. At his feet, because that was just the bird surprised him, and that's the only place he could put the decoy up, and it was a full strut decoy. And the bird, like you said, that turkey was coming in, and Michael would tell you that turkey was not – he did not shoot at that turkey because he wanted to. He shot at that turkey because of self-defense. Self-defense. <laughs> because that bird was coming, coming in there to, to – yeah. Coming to, to kill him. Hurt everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it could uh, probably kill you, but it would sure uh, scratch you up, make you uh, pretty miserable for a day or two. That's oh, for sure. Spurs don't feel good. Well, uh, good luck to Bill George. There's one bird down, and uh, now yeah, he's going to get out there one. trying to get one for his son to make up for his. He's in kill mode. We're not going to hear from him for at least a half a day. Well, you Maybe know what two. that says? If they're going another, if they're going after another one. That means that they know, they know where there's another one already set up, so they're going to go do Or some they could movement. be, like we talked about earlier, they could be finally breaking loose where they're starting to gobble. Well, Imagine that. A couple of guys did tell me that they were starting to see hens uh, roosting and getting out and starting to lay and get nesting ready. So that usually means that the bar is emptying out, so those gobblers are going to be looking for that, you know, that 3 a.m., hey, how you doing? 
Where's the new watering hole, boys? <laughs> so sometimes that's when, if there's any big boys left on the area where you're hunting, sometimes that's when you get to pull them back into the back room. You know what I'm saying? Looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> Taking a break. It is the Big Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Steve Austin came over quickly, uh, disrupting the whole classroom. A ray of sunshine. As he uh, <clears throat> traipsed off down to Q105. He's going to be down there at Q105 for the uh, day. And then I think, what do he say? He's going to be on the shark. 98.7. He's going to be on the shark later on. My kids love it, man. They love hearing, uh, we drive around, we hear uh, Steve on the radio. And they're like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. Steve's in there. It's awesome. Strap. Strap. Over there on 98 Rock. Uh, you know, 90, no, the shark. 98.7. 98.7. Shark. Get your um, company's right. And then, of course, he informed us of, uh, you know, it was obviously listed the first hour of the show where we were talking a little bit about firearms and all that kind of good stuff and got a little off track and turkeys uh, on the mind. But I, you know what? Speaking of getting off track, I did want to say congratulations to Ohio for making it into the 20th century uh, as of the uh, the 12th, which was what, yesterday? Day before yesterday? What was the 12th? Day before yesterday? No, that was five days ago. Whatever it was, five days ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, they all run together for me, too. They actually uh, got the new Ohio Knife Law Reform Bill God. enacted, which means that uh, they changed it to remove the ban on manufacturing and sale of switchblades, spring blades, and gravity knives uh, in the state of Ohio. So uh, they do say that it's great, but there are some troublesome vagueness in the state statutes. So that's usually not a good thing for that, but it's nice to see that maybe uh, Benchmade can actually start selling some, some decent knives in the state of Ohio. Welcome to... Welcome to the 20th century, Ohio. Appreciate it. I I, I think that's a great thing. Oh, my. You can thank Charlie Oaks for that, too. Uh, also, um, this past, if you didn't hear about it, uh, manufacturing of ammunition is still going through uh, the roof, or at least they say it is, and it should be getting much better here. I know there was gloom and doom productions of, we're not going to see ammo again until late, like the end of the year. Type thing, and uh, no one wanted to hear that till twenty twenty four. I mean, no, no, this this year, end okay. of end of this year, and a lot of people are still freaking out because they're not there. You know what it is? You walk into your favorite store. I don't care where it is that you go shop. You get a kind of a you get kind of used to seeing the shelves full of your favorite products that you may buy that day or you may not by that day. Let's just use oh, I don't know, toilet paper as an example. You know, you go through the grocery store, you're pushing your little cart and you know, you look over and you see a wall of TP and you do what any normal husband would do. You turn around and you go, hey, do we need toilet paper? And she goes, no, we got plenty. Okay, and you move on. 
No, the next time you go there, you're like, uh, the next time you go there, you see people with three shopping carts flat full. Yeah. Or, you know, you next time you go and you see that it's on sale and you go, honey, this toilet paper's on sale. Do we need it? Not really. What's the price? It's a dollar off each. Well, Grab yeah. three. Yeah. So, you know, you, 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 you know, you stock up a little bit when you see the price kind of fluctuate and do your thing. Same thing with ammo. You take it for granted that you walk by there all those times and you go, oh, two seventy. Uh, you know what? I, uh, I got like four boxes. I, you know, you know, forget it. I'm fine. Then you know, hunting season comes around. You're like, you know what? I ought to pick up one extra one because, you know, I'm going to burn through a half a box messing around at the range. And then. Uh, well, it's like yesterday. I was looking at something, uh, looking at Facebook for one of the first times in a while. And one of the things popped up that I had from Pigman on there. And it was meat was the same thing you know he like he put on one of his things like and it was a, from a year ago and it said it goes this is what happens when you take this for granted and you had the meat shelves empty of everything you know and you like it's i'm so depressed it's sad well and it's sad it's it's sad because it's like what you're saying. You take it for granted, and it's like a lot of things. You take it for granted. You take it for granted. Well, now here we go. Now this is what we call in radio a perfect segue. Diego, I need you to play along with this, so listen intently. <laughs> this also came out this past week, and I was going to bring it up on the show just so you know. What are the four, top four foods that are disappearing on our grocery store shelves that are being harder and harder to replace. Hot dogs. What do you think number one is? Number one would be... Milk. What? What do you mean, what? People (laughs) are starting to be against milk. Not me. What do you think? What's the number one hardest thing to get? Yeah, number one thing that's disappearing and it's and the the supply is dwindling quite rapidly. Hamburger. No, number one chicken wings. Number one is chicken wings between from restaurants, a grocery store, from restaurants and everywhere else like that. Chicken wings are in short supply. Number two. Number two. He's looking. <laughs> He's thinking. What are you thinking? What are you thinking, Diego? What's number two? I mean, if milk and hot dogs weren't one, I'd maybe they're two. No, no, no. Really? Let's see that. He, What's I'm, number two? I'm with him. Once I tell you what number two, you'll all go, "Oh yeah." Number two: steaks, bacon. No way. Ba- see, bacon I mean, going to be my next guess. Oh, you said I'd be like, "Oh, okay." No, I'm, I'm saying not- no way. Here's the thing. The number three has to do with number two. Then you go to number, Ramsey's and Bluntstown's. Number three tell. can be made of the same product, uh, but also other products as well, including a pork product, including vegan. Yeah, it could be pork product or whatever. Which number three is hot dogs? And the reason why, if you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, at the beginning when everything was shut down. There was no processing. We talked about it here on the show. That's why we were saying it was so important to go and support the Strawberry Festival. Go buy your cow. Go buy your pig. I don't care if it's at the Hillsborough County Fair. Go buy the whatever it is. Go to Owl's Wild Meats. Go to wherever it is you need to go. Likes Brothers, whoever, and go get whatever processed. Because 
pig yeah. farmers were no. killing pigs and burying them on their farms because they could not afford to For feed them. They were buying. They were like I said to you guys before. A friend of mine who is a you could call him a shade. I've heard people use this phrase now: the shade tree butcher type people, you know, or the mom and pop butchers. You know, he was telling me about truckloads of hogs you could buy for yeah pennies on the dollar. Well, because they had, you, know, you got to remember these farmers have to continue to feed them, but there was no slaughtering and no butchering going on because all the processing plants were closed down There's because of window. COVID. Because of COVID, so you didn't have. 1,200 people showing up for work to process hogs. So there was a shortage that is now starting to catch up. There's a production window yeah, there's that a, they have to stay in. There's a gap that we're going to have to, there'll be a time where it's down and before it gets back up again. So it's the same thing with ammunition, same thing with toilet paper, same thing with everything else. Fishing equipment, firearms, it doesn't matter. And uh, so, of course, bacon being in there. Hot dogs also were in there, not only because of what they're made of, but also because it's a convenience food and how they're made. And people, kids are home, mom's home, somebody's home. Uh, how fast is it to microwave a couple of hot dogs, throw them in mac and cheese, bam, the kids are home. You know, the kids what, are fed. What What you was know? the, I mean, let's face it, What was, it's a staple of any American household was there's, hot dogs. There's always a pack of hot dogs in the freezer somewhere. And when you're home all you the time. You need fish bait. Yeah. <laughs> if you're home all the time, you know, that, that supplement gets taken over. So that leads to number four. Number four item that was getting harder, harder to find. Mm-hmm. I figured that hot, to be perfectly honest with you, and I have to agree with Diego on this, I would figure hot dogs would be a, I mean. Above bacon? Bacon, bacon and hot dogs would be kind of right there. Well, chicken wings you know. is not only because of, you have grocery stores who use it as an incentive to purchase, you know, Winn-Dixie, Publix. I don't care. You know, you got your – you can walk in there and grab, you know, a whole thing of chicken wings and take them home real quick. Uh, restaurants. I did wings. The guys that were up there, uh, the hog hunt that I had last weekend, I actually fixed them wings. Well, you know, and restaurants for takeout, item, easy, boom, chicken wings, chicken wings, chicken wings. And so those chicken wings are now becoming, it's going to get in short supply, so there's going to be a small shortage on those. But the number four item, packages of ketchup. For the very same reason. Packages, not bottles? No, yeah, packages, because the very number one reason of, of number one. So many people staying at home, so much takeout, you know, everybody buying fries, buying food, whatever. You never... You go up to a McDonald's, unless no. you specifically say, can I get four ketchups, they'll give you four. If you say, can I have some ketchups, what do they do? <laughs> and grab a handful, throw them in the bag. <laughs> well, and not so much so, in a related deal. A buddy of mine that owns a nursery that has been selling, all people been doing a lot of their own home gardening and stuff like that. You know what he said the hardest thing for them to get to sell people? Tomato plants. Tomatoes, yeah, probably. Tomato plants. Well, I, what it is is... You have so many people that were staying home through the pandemic, ordering out the restaurants. Those are getting in short supply where they're actually starting to buy the bulk items or even grocery store bottles and putting them into smaller containers to put on their outgoing meals to be delivered. So, again, another reason, if you're not a hunter, you should become a hunter. And if you're not a fisherman, you should become a fisherman. That way, when they open Tampa Bay back up and you can actually well, no, keep you some know fillets. The new, have you heard what the new 
buzz term is for being an outdoors person? No, no. A forager. A forager? Yes. You're a for uh, somebody said that to me the other day. He goes, "Oh, you're a forager." And I'm like, "Who the flip are you talking to?" I would think a forager would be somebody I'm more like, like my my dad would have been considered a forager because he could walk through the woods. That's well, that's and, you mean that I'm the same thing. It's the I when you say a forager to me, I'm thinking of the guys that graze as oh, they go through it's the morel, woods. It's morel mushroom season sure. or it's, you know, you can go pick that, like you said about your dad. You can pick blackberries, dewberries, yeah. uh, you know, uh, huckleberries. I mean, I mean, I'm the same way. When the bar bushes nuts. have the berries on them, it's game on. Yeah, yeah. I would think that that would be more of a forager, whereas a hunter would be more of a guy who goes out for specific items and then brings it back. Well, and of course, the person that I was having this conversation a with forager said that they they started calling outdoor people foragers because it's not as offensive. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of like the people who use the word harvest. I went out and harvested a really nice buck this past year and harvested him. I'm like, what did you grow him? Put him in the ground, fertilize it, go out with a scythe and cut him down to size, and then bring him in. Why? Well, well, he harvested. You didn't grow that thing. <laughs> Nature grew that thing. I mean, if you I helped. To, you want to, well, yeah, you helped. My dear, you I, do more. I'm like, than sh- I'm like shake and bake. I help. <laughs> and I helped. I'm so glad you got that. Anybody, you know, I always pictured a forager to be like the Yule Gibbons type, which I'm sure nobody in this audience, except with the exception of few, even remember who that guy is. But you know, look him up. Uh, you know, foragers like Bear Grylls. If he was out in the woods and dropped off in the middle hey, of nowhere, he would be a forager. He would survive. He's not really a hunter hunter. Uh, you know, he doesn't go out to specifically. He's just trying to survive. So as he goes along, he picks up a grub here, picks up a butterfly over there, eats a few of these flowers, goes over there. And But, uh, may, but make no never mind about it. That was one thing I did like about his show was he was very blunt and honest. The old show. He was very blunt and honest. And he would tell you if given the opportunity, he would take a pig, he would take a deer. Yeah. Well, that was the old Bear Grylls. That was before the I'm going to go drop off celebrities out of the woods and show them icky things to eat. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. You know, his best one is when he went and joined the French Foreign Legion. It's the best one ever. Nice. Oh, crud. Top of the hour. Top of the hour for you. Hour number three is right around the corner. Thank you so much for joining us. We're brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay there. We'll be right back.